Thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word. Anytime you're in Huntsville, we hope you'll come be part of our worship. The West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence is located at 1519 Old Monrovia Road Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. We hope you'll enjoy this lesson brought to us by Glenn Colley. Scripture read before the lesson this morning will be coming from Judges 11, 29 through 32. Judges 11, 29 through 32. I'll be reading from New King James Version. Then the Spirit of the Lord came through Jephthah, and he passed through Gilead and Manasseh, and passed through Mizpah of Gilead, and from Mizpah of Gilead he advanced toward the people of Ammon. And Jephthah made a vow to the Lord, and said, If you will indeed deliver the people of Ammon into my hands, then it will be that whatever comes out of the doors of my house to meet me, when I return in peace from the people of Ammon, shall surely be the Lord's and I will offer it up as a burnt offering. So Jephthah advanced toward the people of Ammon to fight against them, and the Lord delivered them into his hands. You may be seated. Well done. Would you open God's book, please, to Hebrews chapter 11? This will be one of the two major texts for this sermon. What I want to do is to bounce back and forth from Hebrews 11 to Judges chapters 10 and 11. And then I'm going to come back to Hebrews 11. So we're going to be comparing these two passages of Scripture to learn the lesson that I want to bring today. We're going to begin in Hebrews chapter 11. What is it that you do each day just because you're a Christian? When you talk about your faith, you're talking about trust that you have in God. It translates into obedience. And we live our lives walking in his light, according to the teachings of the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 11 is where I want to begin. It is the roll call of faith, and you know that. You're, you're familiar. If I, if I ask our children in this church, what is uh, Hebrews 11? They're going to respond Faith. It's faith. Because that's the heroes of the chapter of the heroes of faith. But there's a conundrum. Conundrum, of course, means puzzle. There's a puzzle here that I want to talk about this morning. Really, that's it's the whole sermon. It's it's just one conundrum. When I begin in Hebrews chapter eleven, I, I see people like Abel and Enoch. They give me no trouble at all in the heroes of faith because there's no tarnish on their reputation. There's nothing in history that you pause at and you say, wow, I can't believe they're there. Then you have some others, and well, they're great people of faith too, but they do have some marks against their character in the history, the Old Testament. I mean, Noah, for example. I understand why he's there. Oh, my, I I understand that. And Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Jacob and I understand Rahab and I, although there are some things about them that you look at and you say, "Wow, they had weaknesses." Yeah, they they did, but I can understand why they're there. But here's the conundrum: when you get to verse thirty-two, you read about people who were in the judges, and you have Jephthah. Samson. 
This sermon is not really about Samson. I want to talk about Jephthah, but tonight I want to talk about Samson. Samson is not, uh, <laughs> it's not that you have some tarnished marks on Samson. The story of Samson in Judges 13 and 14 is about his faults, and he's not a good man. And Jephthah, we're going to talk about Jephthah. What do you think about when I say Jephthah? What comes to your mind about Jephthah? Well, probably you think about his foolish vow. That's what we think about. Jephthah made a vow to God that if if God would deliver him from the Ammonites in battle, and I'm going to tell you that story in a minute, but if God would deliver him when he came back from the successful, the victory, that whatever came out of his house first, he would sacrifice as a burnt offering to God. And you know what happened is that God gave him the victory, came out of the house, uh, or he came to the house, and his daughter came out of the house first. There's a great debate over whether he actually did it. The arguments against it are that, that she actually remained unmarried, that when you read, you know, she went up into the mountains with her friends to bewail her virginity, and that that's all there, there was to it, that, that instead of actually sacrificing her, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. My problem is, and maybe that's right, and some really good people believe that, my problem is if you sit down and read it, when you come away, you say, wow, it says he did it. And he's in Hebrews 11. That's the conundrum. He's in Hebrews 11. He's a rogue. He's a, he runs around some rough people. And he's in Hebrews 11. Now explain that. How do you explain that? That's what this sermon is about. Okay, so let's, let's focus on Jephthah. And I want to go now. Point number two. Well, I want to show just just one more thing about Hebrews 11. If you go to your Dixon Bible, you have a copy of the Dixon Bible, and it was a great publisher. It's now out of print. But you get to the book of Hebrews. At the beginning, you have this introduction. He spends most of the time talking about who the author was or wasn't. But then he has this quote at the very end. He doesn't do this with all the chapters. He just does it with chapter 11. And one of the highlights of the epistle to the Hebrews is the great roll call of the heroes of faith in the 11th chapter. He raises that to the surface and says, you want to really enjoy Hebrews? This is one of the highlights. This is the 11th chapter. All right. So why Jephthah? Why is Jephthah there? Now let's talk about Jephthah. Now I want you to go over to Judges chapter 10. The majority of the discussion of Jephthah is going to be in 11, but I've got to prep you for it. So in chapter 10, you have a discussion of the darkest time um, in, the, in the history of the Israelite people. Now... You, you can't, if you, you read chapter 2, and then you come here to chapter 10, and it will take your breath away. That the people of God have gotten so evil. They're not a little bit evil. I mean, they've given themselves over to Satan. That's what they've done. It is in this atmosphere that Jephthah lives. Now, we start in chapter 10. I just want to, you're not going to enjoy this. I don't enjoy it. But here it is, chapter 10, verse 6. This is how dark it was, how evil the time was in which Jephthah was born. Then the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals, these are idols, served the Baals and the Ashtaroths, the gods of Syria 
They weren't just satisfied with the false gods of the Canaanites. They reached out to other countries, nations. Gods of Syria, the gods of Sidon, the gods of Moab, the gods of the people of Ammon, the gods of the Philistines. They liked all the gods. And they forsook the Lord and did not serve him. So the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And he sold them into the hands of the Philistines and into the hands of the people of Ammon. From that year, they harassed and oppressed the children of Israel for 18 years. Now bear in mind that the book of Judges is cyclical. It's a cycle. And so the people of God would go into this idolatry and they would, be, they would just live like the devil. Didn't, didn't serve God. And, and God would turn them over to their enemies in the land in which they lived. And they, th- that enemy would oppress them and hurt them and bother them. And finally they'd have enough and they'd cry out to God and repent. And God would say, all right, I'll deliver you. And, and you have six cycles. And he would send what the Bible calls a judge. You, you would think of it as a deliverer. And parenthetically, it's going to be people that you just wouldn't think God would choose. And I believe that the book of Judges is about God choosing the least likely ones to deliver his people, to say to them, if you'll be faithful, if you'll keep your faith in me, I can deliver you with anybody. Anybody plus me means victory. I can deliver you. And so you you think about the judges, and what comes to your mind? You think about Gideon, you think about Samson, you think about Deborah, who's a woman. Why would you? That doesn't make any sense that you choose a woman to be the one to lead the people in military battle. And so you, you go on, you see the point. Jephthah, Jephthah is a rogue. So verse 8 says, From that year they harassed and oppressed the children of Israel for 18 years. All the children of Israel who were on the other side of the Jordan in the land of the Amorites and Gilead. Moreover, the people of Ammon crossed over the Jordan to fight against Judah also, against Benjamin, against the house of Ephraim. So that Israel was severely distressed. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord saying, We've sinned against you because we have forsaken our God and served the Baals. They got a lot of enthusiasm right now. God is not going to reciprocate that enthusiasm. However, 11. So the Lord said to the children of Israel, Brace yourself. Did I not deliver you from Israel? or from the the Egyptians rather, and from the Amorites, and from the people of Ammon, and from the Philistines, and the Sidonians, and the Amalekites, and the the, the, uh, Maonites oppressed you, and you cried out to me, and I delivered you from their hand. Yet you have forsaken me and served other gods. Therefore, I will deliver you no more. Now, 14 just chills me. How would you like him to say this to you? Go and cry out to the gods which you have chosen. Let them deliver you in your time of distress. Okay, see, that's not, you know, that's not going to happen, of course, because, see, those were always imaginary gods. They weren't real. They never were real. There was nothing to that. They were figments of people's imagination. People just imagined those gods into existence. Those, those were gods made out of people's image, not the other way around. They can't really, they're not really real, you know. God says, go ahead, go ahead, they're your gods. Pray to them. Bow down before them. Let them deliver you. 
15. And the children of Israel said to the Lord, We've sinned. Do to us whatever seems best to you. Only deliver us this day, we pray. The Ammonites were pressuring them. So they put away the foreign gods from among them and served the Lord. Well, that was good. And his soul could no longer endure the misery of Israel. Then the people of Ammon gathered together and encamped in Gilead. And the children of Israel assembled together and encamped in Mizpah. And the people, the leaders of Gilead, said to one another, Who is the man who will begin the fight against the people of Ammon? He shall be head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. All right, so God didn't say, I, I'm accepting you back. But here's the tenderness of God. He's going to send a deliverer because he sees their misery and he just can't look at their misery anymore. And chapter 11 then introduces Jephthah. And here's how the account goes. Is that Jephthah is, is in Gilead, born in Gilead, of the family of Gilead. His dad's Gilead. And so you have this, this people. And they're Israelites. They're Hebrew people. But his, uh, his birth is, well, he was born of a prostitute. And so we don't know, I don't know if, if his dad was married at the time that he employed the prostitute or not married and then he later married. I don't know. But what I know is that Jephthah came from this union, this unseemly union, and his brothers did not. So dad got married or was married and had other children besides Jephthah. But when they grew into adults, the other, the other sons said, we don't want anything to do with you. You're not going to have any of our inheritance. I'll tell you what, you came from another woman, not our mother. So you're good, you're good for nothing. We're through with you. And they treated him spitefully so that Jephthah just left. I don't know, maybe, maybe his father always thought about regrets when he looked at him. I, I don't know, but, but Jephthah left and went to the land of Tob. And there he found some unseemly people to associate with. He found the wrong crowd. Now, I don't know any, any evils they got involved in. I don't, you know, you don't see him coming back with his renegades and, and fighting against Gilead. You don't find any of that. So that's how much we know about that. He went to find some, some friends and he found them in Todd and he runs around with those guys. But he's bad. I don't mean bad. I'm talking about tough. He is one tough guy. And, and he's known as somebody who can defeat enemies. He's powerful, he's forceful, he's strong, and he's got the grit to do this. So, that sets the stage. So the, the elders of Gilead say, we, we've got to do something. The Ammonites are going to crush us. We've got to do something. And so what they decided was that they would find somebody to lead them into battle against the Ammonites and that they would, they would let him be the head. They would, he would be the chief guy. He would be the governor over them for this battle or these fights. And somebody said, what about Jephthah? I think Jephthah could do this. He's mean. He's strong. He could do it. And they all agreed. So the elders of the powers that be of Gilead, they, they make a, a trip to Tob. And they find him and they sit down and... Look, um, uh, Jephthah, we came to ask you to come and lead us into battle against the Ammonites. And so we want you to be our chief. What do you say? What, what do I say? You, do, do you know who you're talking to? 
I'm Jephthah. You, do you understand? This is me. I was run out of there on the rail. I, I was run out of there because you, you want me to come and lead you? We sure do. You've got everything we need. You, we, you've got what it takes to deliver us from Ammon. And that's what we want. And Jephthah said, I tell you what. What, what about if God gives me this victory? And, and we come back. Will I be your governor then? Well, I'll tell you what. These, these men in Gilead are desperate. I mean, they're seriously desperate. They're, they're going to be annihilated. I mean, not like before. And so they said, yes, yes, what you say. Yes, yes. If you defeat the, the Ammonites, when you come back, You'll be, you'll be, the governor is my word, but, but you'll be our head. You'll be the governor over us. You'll be governor. All right. All right, I'll do it. So the first thing he tries is diplomacy. And so he sends messengers to the head people of the Amorites. The Ammonites, rather. And, and he says, um, why, why, are you, why are you fighting against the Hebrews, the people of Gilead? Why are you doing that? And the messengers came back to say, because you've taken our land. You, you've stolen our land. What land? You, and they, he told, they told him what land they were talking about. And he said, well, we didn't steal your land. That's not what happened. Now, hold on, folks. What they're talking about happened three centuries before. 300 years ago is when this all came down. All right? We want our land back. And... And you have this thing about Jephthah. Jephthah knows history. He knows Israelite history. I'm, I'm just very impressed with him. I mean, so, so suppose somebody asks you questions about our American, details of American history at the origin of the Revolutionary War. Could you, could you, how many details could you give them? Jephthah's ready for this. Three centuries ago. He says, no, wait, what happened is the people of Israel came over the Red Sea. They dealt in Kadesh. And then they, they were making a trek toward their, their promised land. And, and they came, they had problems because they came to Moab and to Edom. They talked to the kings and they would say, we need to cross over your land. Will you please give us permission to cross over your land? And the answer was no and no. And then it came to, they came to the Amorites and, the, and Sihon, King Sihon. Can we pass over your land? Please just let us pass over. We won't bother anything. Just let us pass over your land. King Sihon saw them as a, as a threat. And so he said, nothing do it. And he began to attack them. And God gave us the victory over Sihon. And the result is, we now have their land. God gave it to us because he gave us that victory. And then he said, look, I tell you what, whatever land your God, Chemosh, gives you, you can keep it. Whatever land Jehovah has given us, we'll keep. Okie doke. The king of Ammon said, no. And arm yourself for battle. And it's imminent. And so as he prepares for the war that he, Jephthah, is going to lead against the Ammonites, Jephthah makes this prayer to God and the foolish vow. When I come back from the battle with the Ammonites, 
If you'll give me victory, I'll sacrifice as a burnt offering anything, whatever comes out of the house first. And there's the story of Jephthah. Now, take back to Hebrews chapter 11 with me. Now let's go back. What is it? Next slide. There you go. The hidden truth of Hebrews chapter 11. I, I, I think that it's easy to miss the point about Hebrews chapter 11. And Jephthah is helping us to understand this. What do you think about when you think about Hebrews 11? And you're like me. I think we think about the heroes of faith. And chapter 12 begins, Wherefore we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. That means these people in 11. Because it helps your faith. It helps. And you love Hebrews 11. And so do I. And, and you, Wherefore we are compassed about with these great cloud of witnesses. These people of faith. Let us lay aside every sin. The weight that says, does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that's set before us. So they encourage us. They strengthen us. That's what Hebrews 11 does. But there's something Something here that I think we may be missing. Next slide. What it isn't. Hebrews 11 isn't a list of all the people whose faith is strongest of all the people in the Bible. Right? I mean, you know, if you were going to list the strongest, the people of the strongest faith in the Bible, you would list some of these. But that's not all that's there. The fact is that, that these people, the consistency, the commonality between them is not that these are the greatest of faith, because you got Samson and Jephthah in there and some others. It is that these people are people who did have some faith. It isn't a detailed history lesson. I mean, in many cases, you just, I mean, I mean in verse 32 that we're talking about today in Hebrews 11, the names are just mentioned, Right? The names are just, just that's, that's all you've got. But he, he relies on the memories of the people who are the readers, these Hebrew people. These are Christians who were Jews, and the book of Hebrews is to say, the new covenant is much better. Don't go back. The truth is, Galatians 5, 4, if they go back to the old law, the law of Moses, and that's what they're tempted to do, they'll fall from grace and they'll lose Christ and they'll be damned. That's, that won't do. And he's, he's saying, hold on to your faith in Christ. Hold on. And he's saying, remember the people of old who, who had faith? And that's Hebrews 11. But it wasn't just the best. And it wasn't a contest. So you don't have it like here's first place, second place, third place. And it is a list of all the greats of, of the Old Testament. Isn't it interesting that you don't have Ezra or Nehemiah or Job in the book of, I mean, the chapter of Hebrews 11? They're not there. It's not, it's not that. It's not a comprehensive list. It's none of those things. Now what it is. It is a list of people with revealed faults. I mean, you know, you look in our verse, th- verse 32 and you got, you got Gideon and Gideon was scared to death. He was, he was angry with God. Remember how that went? I mean, he did some, something mighty, but he started out just scared to death. And, and you have Barak, and Barak said he wouldn't go into battle unless Deborah went with him because he was afraid. I mean, you have, you have some obvious, and you get Samson. Samson is defined by his faults in the book of Judges. Now let's get to it. Let, let's, put the, let's hit the nail on the head. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is a list of people who acted on an unseen promise that God eventually fulfilled. 
Verse 7, for example, by faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet. It's faith that acts. It's faith that obeys. It's faith that trusts him. When the times get hard, and in some cases, like the case of Jephthah, that faith, when do you, when do you think that you can see the light of the stars the best? It's not during the daytime. The darker the night, the brighter the star shines. And that, that's how it is with Jephthah and with Samson. They were living at a time when idolatry was the rule of the day and people couldn't, the Israelites couldn't get enough idolatry. They just wanted to serve everybody's God except Jehovah. They didn't want to serve Jehovah. They didn't like the requirements and restraints that Jehovah God put on them, the only true and living God. So verse 7 says of, of Hebrews 11, being divinely warned of things not seen as yet. Look at verse 8. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. What's that? He's obeying God. That's faith. That's faith. Verse 11. Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Now here's the last point. So why does Jephthah fit in Hebrews chapter 11? And the answer is that you go back to Judges and what you see puts him in Hebrews 11 very well. I'm in, I'm in Judges chapter 11 now. And he's, he's, he's doing this diplomacy, trying with the king of Ammon and saying, why are you doing this? And, and he completely credits the ownership of that land to the fact that God 300 years ago gave it. Now, in the, in the margin of your Bible, right beside Judges 11, 21, and 22, you need to write Deuteronomy 2.31. What that'll do is take you back to when it actually happened, that 300 years ago. And, and the word that God used is, I'm giving you this as an inheritance. You will inherit that. I'm giving you that. Now hold that. That, 300 years later, is what Jephthah put on the, it's the tip that he put on his spear when he headed into battle with the Ammonites. It was that. It was that the, the, the promise of God was that this was the inheritance to the people, to the Israelites. And now Jephthah stands three centuries later in front of this king and says, no, that's not your land. We inherited that, and God gave it to us. That's what happened. And he knew that God would deliver them from the Ammonites because of that promise 300 years prior. Verse 27 of Judges 11, he said to that old king, Therefore I have not sinned against you, but you wronged me by fighting against me. May the Lord, the judge, render judgment this day between the children of Israel and the people of Ammon. It wasn't a battle in his mind. It wasn't a battle between Jephthah and, and the Ammonites. In Jephthah's mind, in this time when things were so dark, he just can't believe how dark they were, that God said, you go, you go trust your gods to deliver you in this awful awful time. Here you have this, this star, this Jephthah, who says, this battle, in essence, this battle isn't between you and me, pal. This, this, this battle is between the, the only true God 
the Almighty God, and Kamash. And we're ready. We're ready. Hebrews 11 is written to people who are about to lose their faith. They're struggling with their faith in Christ Jesus. Without Christ, they're lost. And sometimes people struggle with their faith today. There's so many voices out there. And for some of those people, the problem also is that they, they're walking in an atmosphere that is so very dark. It's so dark. That's where Jephthah was, and Samson was. And Hebrews 11 is not just for those of us who, who are faithful Christians or stronger Christians. It's for those of us who are not and who, who need a boost to say, God, God's looking, he's watching, he's not left you, he's still there. He's still there. And he values the faith of one in that darkness who says, wait a minute, I know there's one true and living God, and I will trust him. That's Hebrews 11. And that's the answer to the conundrum of why you have in this this list of the heroes of faith, you have a man like Jephthah, a man like Samson. This is not a passage of Scripture that's designed for teaching us how to be saved. Other passages do that. Don't go to Hebrews 11 for that. This is for people who are already Christians and to try to encourage them to hold on and don't give up. Don't lose your faith. If you do, you will be reduced to spiritual poverty. Don't do that. Please don't do that. It's not to teach us how to be saved. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's Word, brought to us by Glenn Colley. If you have comments or questions, Glenn can be reached by email at colley at westhuntsville.org.